New to the org. What up? Again and again. Welcome back, everyone. Dude. What's up, Matthew? What's up? How you living? I'm living. Large and in charge? What's that? Large and in charge? Yeah, large and in charge. That's what they used to call me. <laughs> and now it's like limp and old or some shit. <laughs> What's that scene in uh, Liar Liar um, where some chick gets in the elevator with Jim Carrey? She's like, how's it hanging? And he's like, short, shriveled, and to the left. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that would suck to have that curse on you. (laughs) Fuck, wouldn't it? I I, want to apologize in advance to anyone listening to this one tonight. Uh, If it sounds like I'm getting over something, it's because I am. So... There's that. I just um, want to get that out of the way. I don't think you sound any worse than I did when we recorded Night Feeder. Because I was sick and I had like that night where like I had like that acid reflux and so my throat was all fucked up. And then it was in the morning time when we recorded. So I just sounded like garbage, but you sound great. So all good. Good. Oh, a lot better than the other day. That's for sure. It started mm-hmm. happening while I was at work and it sucked. That sucks. But uh, we're not going to talk about that today. Today we're going to talk about a brand new film. Before well, we get to that podcast, what are you drinking? Oh yeah, before, before we get to that, uh, yeah, let's uh, cover this. Uh, I am. Let's see if I'm saying this right. It is called Svedka. Sounds very Russian. Uh, I say Russian because it is a vodka. It is a mango pineapple, and it is kicking my ass already. Like I'm not feeling it as much. I, I just cracked it open, so. But, you know uh, Russians, man. Yeah. They're known for their mango vodka. <laughs> well, I mean, they're made for their vodka in general, but like, yeah, flavored vodka. I I feel like that's that's what happens when it starts coming over to the states. They're mm. like, ah, dumb mm. Americans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, westernized <laughs> like the vodka. Drinks. Yeah, westernized the vodka. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers then. Here, cheers. And cheers. Mm. Ah, oh I'm, man, I'm back to that uh, sugar-free squirt with tequila, but this time we throw some margarita salt in there. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I'll give you a squirt. <laughs> oh, it's more like a spritz. <laughs> a spritz. <laughs> At my old age, just flappy nappy over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, now God. I'm going to throw it out there before we get started. I don't want to start with talking about the movie, but I'm, I am, I'm going to anyways. Um, I don't know that I want to walk through it scene by scene. I don't know that I want to spend a lot of time on it. I'm, I'm not totally against you there. In fact, okay. I think I'm right in your wave pattern. Okay. Okay. But so I, I, before we keep okay. going, before we keep going. We'll just leave it at there. I'm glad we're in agreement. Cool. Okay. Okay. Now let's start the way that I wanted to start, which is not about the movie, because you had some stuff you wanted to bring up about Chilorama. Yes, uh, I actually brought up my notes already. Um, I have a page of notes that that are they're they're for um, 
covering some uh, a, a few things here and there and uh specifically to the show did you um, go back and watch the movie or did you go back and listen to the episode like how no, no, why no, no. Are, i just why listened to the episode this? i just listened to the episode as it came out so i had not not simply a, a pick at the movie itself i just wanted to bring up i just had a few notes uh first and foremost uh i'm deeply surprised by you and raymond i by the way it was a great show um i'm deeply surprised mm-hmm. that you guys um had uh, uh questioning factors uh about certain things not not really but uh you guys bring up uh like for one one example ray wise god yeah i celebrated all right the guy um great great actor uh, he's a great dancer most... too. If you remember him in RoboCop, the RoboCop pulled him out of the club, and he went while he was. That's dancing. what I was going to say. Yes, he was in RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. which also corresponds that I wanted to bring up the another known factor is that he is a a, a, a catalyst piece of um the the show Twin Peaks. Uh, who, to those of you who are familiar, um, he is Leland. He is uh, the the uh, the murdered daughter's uh, father. Um, funny enough, and that that's another thing I, I wanted to get into. A lot of the people that are on Twin Peaks are on RoboCop, so I don't know if there was like some kind of tie in there, but it's funny that that you know that was brought up. But he also is well known for being the front man, the original Swamp Thing, if you guys can remember that. Movie. Oh, yeah, he was the doctor who turned into Swamp Thing. Which is definitely something that needs to be revisited. All right, and that that was one thing. Um, there was other things I wanted to bring up, but I won't touch too much on them. For one, do, I'm going to tell I, you right now. Hold on, hold on. Do I okay. get an opportunity to like rebut, or rebut, or defend myself, or like, are you looking for chorus like feedback, or is this just like? You're gonna dump on me for like the first twenty minutes. No, I'm I'm gonna dump on you. <laughs> okay, and okay, okay. I'm just trying to understand the parameters here. Okay, got it. Ray Wise. Okay, everyone, check. come on. You got you got people that are listening to this podcast going like, Ray Wise, what? Okay. Uh, for another thing, um, uh, you guys were talking, and this isn't actually a pick on you guys as much as it is just just random fact but uh you guys had mentioned something of a, a breaching of the fourth wall um uh correspondent to a mel brooks movie i forgot which one it was um we were talking about so i think the segment raymond was talking about was um the diary of anne frankenstein okay and I think the movie he referred to was the history of the world. Yes. Okay. And uh, there was something of a breach and I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, it's, it's funny that you guys even uh, tapped on that subject because I wanted to bring up, it is no stranger. Well, Mel Brooks is no stranger to breaching the fourth walls. Because you guys had me thinking, uh, yeah, I had the wheels turning, and I was in my mind, I was flashing through the different films he's done, and in every, just about every film he's done, that breach has always happened. 
think of Blazing Saddles. They went through the studios and everything. Yeah, and then uh, it was uh, uh, Rick Moranis, and he, he he and Rick Moranis from Spaceballs also like turned to the camera and started talking to the audience. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what was uh? It's oh, a funny God. bit. It's a if you. I mean, it's a funny bit, and he's a funny guy. So like, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it's just funny that it's a, it's, a, it's a common reoccurrence. Okay, so there, there's that segment. And I'm sorry I'm dumping all this on because I was like, man, I, I meant to meant to kind of sprawl this out. But if I don't get to it, I'm never going to get to it. So I just thought I'd, I'd bring that up. Uh, okay, and Kane Hodder um, yep. was – was not just on Jason X, just, and this isn't talking shit to you, just uh, for those listening out there, he was not just uh, Jason on, on Jason X. He was Jason, uh, I do believe, from six or seven on up. And he was not Jason before that, uh, as far as I know. And Freddy versus Jason was not him either. I was going to say he's also not in uh, FVJ. Yeah, no, that was a that was kind of a big uh, stinker. Somebody took on on him. Uh, he he re- he really wanted to uh, be Jason in that movie, but they were like, "Nah, we're gonna kind of go our own way. We want this to be a different Jason." Which uh, he had a really good point about that. Um, they 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 gave Jason a very Frankenstein kind of thing. Uh, Frankenstein's monster, very stiff movements, uh, very. It's funny you Slow, say that because sluggish. Kane Hodder plays the Frankenstein monster in that segment in Chillerama. Mm, and I think that was why that, that even got brought up in the first place. So, so, I mean, he's, he's credited for a lot of things. He is, he is uh, a very iconic person in, in the, the horror film industry. He also plays Victor Crowley in Hatchet, you know, and we also know him as the killer in Hanukkah too. So there was that. Um, and and guy, dude, I may have he brought was this a killer up last... in Hanukkah, like the Hanukkah that we watched. Yeah, get out of here! I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, he was he he was the Hanukkah killer. Oh shit! I mean, I'll take your word for it, but yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I think there was something that that kind of popped out to me, but I thought we were all 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 in the. We were all on the same page, I thought. But um, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, and I probably brought this up on the last podcast, but Eric Roberts. I mean, you guys talked about Eric Roberts as well because yeah, he was yeah. in that movie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with Eric Roberts, I mean, come on. He's Julia Roberts' brother. Yes. Uh, he's been in a lot of movies, including the uh, Dark Knight franchise. Yes. If you remember that. Yeah, he was uh, the gangster that got his legs broken by batman um and that was just about it one last note i was gonna put in there paul you are completely wrong tales from the crypt is an anthology that's exactly what it is you were you were like i don't consider tales from the crypt to be an anthology but i think the reason why you say that is because instead of television series uh yeah I mean, the reason why it is an anthology is that, like, each one is a different story. Kind of like if we're watching a movie that has a bunch of short stories, each one is a separate story, right? Well, uh, uh, a show like Tales from the Crypt is actually considered an anthology. Just, 
food for thought. Uh, FYI. Mm, so normally I wouldn't debate you on this or challenge you, but considering I'm supposed to just sit here and take it. Um, oh, just like one of those professional slaps and shit, like a fucking <laughs> Olympic. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like that's not true. Like, I want to check your work. Like, uh, show well, me. Show me where. Simply is just short movies, right? That's all it is. Um, we just disassociate things like uh, tales from the crypt because they're not co- they're not in a, any kind of collective they're just one one piece at a time so you know creep show is an uh, anthology i guess i googled it uh, you, you, you got you're correct tales from the crypt sometimes titled hbo's tales from the crypt is an american horror anthology television series Ooh, that yes, ran sir. from june 10th uh, 1989 to july 19th hey my birthday well, I probably shouldn't throw that out there. 1996. Ooh. <laughs> oh, the power What's your of social security number? <laughs> Address, please. Um, I think we're both right. It's an anthology television series. Yeah, it's it, it's essentially it's the same thing. I I just uh, not to pick at you, not to say you're, you're wrong. I I just it was funny because when you That's said that, literally you how you started like, this whole segment, you were like, "You're totally wrong." <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not calling you out or anything. Put it that way. I just because when it, when you said that, it just made me like turn my head. Like, what? Come on. But then again, like it, it, it's not uncommon for people to disassociate this kind of material to be an anthology. I mean, people don't even think uh, Twilight Zone is an anthology, but really it is, you know. I would have uh, put it in the same category as Tales from the Crypt being strictly a series and not an anthology. But look at me getting schooled today. No, and, and, and you know what? I'm about to school the audience on something else. It is about this movie that we're about to about to cover. Uh, I thought I'd uh, bring this. It's a little fun fact here. Uh, what we're going to cover today is a, a part of a a group of films. Uh, and they are known as Jalo films. If you were to pronunciate that in uh, what, what's the word called when uh, when when you're breaking it down. Um, uh, are you talking about syllables? Not really syllables. Like when you break down the spelling so that you can say it better. Oh. Phonetic. Oh. All right. Phonetically, okay. uh, it looks like giallo. G-I-A-L-L-O. Um, giallo. It is an Italian word. It is, it is meant to... Uh, uh, it, it it's a a genre of uh well it started out as as books articles stuff like that moved into movies um uh, italian horror is no stranger to um you know mystery thriller uh uh sexploitation and you know perverse natures of violence and stuff like that and uh, that's what the the category that that this movie falls under. Uh, it is actually one of the ground elements of you know the horror commodity. You know the, there there's there's always there's always somebody who really likes Italian horror. I mean, how can we not? You got people like Argento, Fulci, 
and um you know it, it's it's funny because it's it's a it's a type of um filmmaking that's no stranger to ripoffs either and i i'll say this much if if you guys are familiar with the movie zombie okay the american version zombie right is a good example uh zombie is actually zombie 2 in italy because the original zombie was dawn of the dead so when that Boom, the box office over there in Italy. They're like, we're not going to wait for Hollywood to make another movie. We're just going to make our own sequel. And there you have the birth of Zombie 2, which we know as Zombies, which is a bit of a giallo film of its own. So there you have it. There's actually a whole thing about it. There you go. Yeah. Just thought I'd uh, bring that up in case you guys uh, didn't know. Uh, why Italian horror is such a such a monument in in the genre of horror? There is a lot of good stuff. Um, a lot of great directors, as you mentioned. This one has a tie to another one, which we'll get into in a second. But again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I really didn't like this one. Um, why don't you tell the weirdos at home what movie we're actually talking about? Well, today we're talking about a movie. Uh, you're not going to do the intro? I'll do the Come intro. on, man. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's what separates us from the animals. Order. <laughs> oh, no, man. Okay, so uh, tonight the monsters are running amok, and we run for that theater where the marquee now reads A Blade in the Dark.
This is a 1983 film. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Directed um, by one Lombardo Bava, who, if you know anything about Italian horror movies, you know of Mario Bava, who is the director of things like Black Sunday, Bay of Blood, Black Sabbath. Um, and those are like, you know, like, yeah, tell me about it. Late 60s um, through most 70s. Um, some really good stuff. So I kind of had some expectation going in, knowing that he, direct, you know, his son had directed this one. But, you know, it also reminded me of the um, the conversation we had regarding Rabid, because that one's directed by David Cronenberg. And then we started talking about Brandon Cronenberg, and I haven't seen any of his stuff yet, but um, they say he can hold his own. Um, and you had mentioned just because you have the name doesn't necessarily mean you have the talent. Now, I can't speak for any other um, Lombardo Bava movie because this is the only one of his that I've seen. But so far, mm, not living up to the name, I'll tell you that much. At least in my opinion. <laughs> I I get you. Um, yeah, this isn't my favorite Jalo kind of film. It, it, I'll just easily say italian horror this is not my favorite one i i, I will say that have i seen worse um, i think the worst ones kind of fall in the same aspect or they're, they're kind of equal um they're not bad they're just not my favorite types but they're there and they're there for the taking and you know that's why we're we're doing this. Oh, also, uh, yeah, based on that, what you were talking about, like, uh, you know, heirs and, you know, people taking over. Uh, I did hear that the son of of Landis, uh, what's his name? Uh, obviously, his last name's Landis. Michael but, uh, Landis? The, Michael Landis. The the guy who, the, that is the, the one who made uh, a, a werewolf in, American werewolf in London, right? Uh, John Landis. John, okay, no, I... <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the guy from Little House on the Prairie. Oh, that's John Landon. John Land, whatever. Uh, My, I no, no, I'm sorry. No, no, that's Michael Landon. Jesus Christ! I get all partial credit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, John Landis. Uh, if if I if I said his name correctly, was the creator of uh, an American Werewolf in London. Great movie. Um, and apparently his son is going to take the helm of the modern remake, which I don't know if, this, man. you know, why the fuck are they doing this shit? I don't know if you saw a little while ago, they announced a fucking remake of uh, return of the living dead. I, uh, I don't know, man. It's not anything new. They've been rebooting and remaking, forever and some of some of my favorite movies are actually remakes of originals like if you think about like the fly right cronenberg's yeah, the fly yeah, is fucking fantastic and growing up it was one of my favorite movies i didn't know it was a remake yeah, you know did I, mean? I when i first watched it so i i get it but i guess i'm just at that point where like i don't want to see the things that i cherish have to go through a reboot and then like the because they they're not always gonna be the fly, 
And no. I just would hate for people to know of the remake or the reboot and then that just be their lasting image of that title. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that's what irks me about these shitty remakes in the first place is that what you just said right there. Because like, you know, for the new the new coming, the, the new generation and stuff to them that that is that movie, right? Like somebody thinks that fucking 2014's RoboCop is the end all be all RoboCop and it is not <laughs> by far it is I'm sorry Jose whatever your name is the guy who fucking made it you trashed that original film to me it doesn't exist I, some people some people are still fans and stuff like that i just think it was a really big cash grab and you got really big names in it Ooh ha but it'll never touch the original and just like you said sometimes that that, that kind of happens but we should be past that already but you know i think it's going to get worse to be honest with you this is my theory is that it's going to get worse because we got the writer's strike and all that stuff so what else are people going to do well, oh, they're just grab for whatever they want. Are you, you know? are you familiar with the? Uh, I heard it referred to as a spiritual reawakening of the Toxic Avenger. You know they're remaking that. Yeah, I'm actually all on board for that. <sighs> the reason, the the reason why, the reason why is this: is uh, doing some uh, tallying up about that and stuff. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone who is a fan of the good old Toxic Avenger, we are going to cover it on this podcast, so we won't get too far into it. It is only relatable to the fact that it is just an iconic character. The movie was blah, but you didn't need much uh, of a good, you know, story or anything like that. The movie's just that's what gives that movie its charm. Superhero, huh? That I, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like that's what gives that movie its charm. Well, trauma, early trauma, uh, you know what I mean? Like well, trauma, trauma is all about those trashy films, and I commend them for it. I, I, I love, I love me some uh, fucking. Wow, dude, I'm getting drunk. I, I can't remember his name, but fucking Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. There you go. The guy with the bow tie. Everyone. By the way, I will say this. They say. That uh, if Lloyd, you tell Lloyd Kaufman you want him to be in your movie, he will come fly to you and he will be in your movie at no extra cost. He will just do it. So uh, kudos to you, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, and the thing about the Toxic Avenger, well, that's different to me. Uh, the, the reason why I think that is because for one thing. Troma has never had any huge theatrical release. I think the the only theatrical release they had was uh, Troma's War, which was unexpected when that happened. But you know it happened, and it was uh, it was a theatrical release. But then um, Toxic Avenger never had anything like that. Uh, and let's let's you know let's uh, celebrate the fact that Toxic without toxic avenger trauma probably would have been not much you know toxic avenger kind of put it on the map uh, i think lloyd kaufman and himself even said thank you toxie you put my kids through college <laughs> <laughs> or some shit like that <laughs> so that was his big uh that was, that was his uh big money maker and i i think uh toxic avenger rightfully 
rightfully so, does deserve a big theatrical release. And uh, this is why I'm 100% on board. Now, I wouldn't be had I looked it up and I saw that they're going to soften the blow a little bit. They're going to PG-13 it because everyone knows that Toxic Avenger is funny, funny enough could grab the attention of kids but had a very hard r rating closer to x and i was halfway expecting them to take that r-rated character and make him a pg-13 and i was i I, when i heard that they were doing this remake that's exactly what i was thinking they were going to do and i was like oh please don't please don't then i read an article finding out that the 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 masterminds behind it are not going for a PG thirteen. They are going to give it heavy R rating, just like the original. And um, Peter Dinklage is going to be the face of Toxie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I I I'm gonna give it a chance. I I th- I don't really see them really messing up that movie it could be a shitty movie and it won't be that bad i guarantee it i guess i'm just i'm more like i'm more mad at the idea of i'll i'll put it like this with i'm even if you i think i've said this before in some way shape or form i am not a fan of people taking the things that i love and commercializing them you know what I mean? Like there are things that I discover upon myself. There are things that um, I share with a small, close underground, if you want to use that term, or like subculture of people that like it's it's known well enough so that it's celebrated by the right people. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. But then um, not enough where like it gets spoiled by commercialism and my biggest example of that was what happened with the zombie genre right it wasn't until i mean you and i grew up watching zombie movies we fucking love them to death you know we knew all the good ones out there we knew the bad ones too and there weren't a ton of them but then the walking dead hits television and now everybody and my mother is a fan of zombies. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I, I, I said the same thing about uh, Disney taking on Star Wars. You know? Last I heard, they're going to try to sell it back to fucking George Lucas. Oh, I, I don't know anything about that. I stopped following <laughs> that shit. Oh, man. Did they really fucking, they really took a dump on the brand. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't go anywhere without seeing something Star Wars related. So, like, for those of us who held these movies in high regard, who cherished the moments that we had with these movies, who celebrated them with a small populace of people, now it's just, like, an everyday thing. And I feel like it loses value in that sense. You know what I mean? So I feel like this. I, I kind of feel the same way about... Toxic Avenger remake and Return of the Living Dead remake and kind of fill in the blank. Yes, and it is a phenomenon and it's it is happening, but it and you could say the same thing about the horror genre altogether, right? I mean, it used to be uh, yeah. kind of like a tongue in cheek thing, like in the 
in the closet for a lot of people and nobody was really like you know huge fans and now it's got its huge fan base and stuff like that uh the walking dead uh very different to that though i i, I will say this i'm not saying you're, you're wrong there yes amc did very much commercialize the zombie uh doing that but uh, believe it or not, there has always been a huge culture of zombies fan that fans that we haven't really connected with and stuff. I think what we're seeing nowadays is everyone's starting to connect. Well, but, that's, what, that's that's my point, though, right? So, like, if right if there's a large populace of people who are into this stuff prior to commercializing, when you come across somebody who's in that that same you know who loves that same thing as you. You're like, hey, yeah, you know, let's, you know, trade stories. Have you seen this? Do you know about that? You know, it's special. But then when everybody yes. is talking about it, watching it, wearing the gear, you know what yeah. I mean? When, when, when like, mom and dad are watching zombie movies, zombie stuff with you and stuff, it's gotten a little too commercialized. That's, that's the moment I knew I was done with the zombie genre when my mom showed up one day in a Walking Dead t-shirt. I was like... That's it. That's it for me. Well, it, it, the the thing about that is, uh, zombies kind of ran dry. Uh, they, like you said, they they. I fucking love a good zombie, but I and I I bring it back to the old days of like Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Great films, and I I I you know, and I see this like kind of falling apart like this, uh, and like you said, becoming the popular now it really sucks because like you said it needs to be put to rest yeah but the dead never stayed dead <laughs> that's true <laughs> but that's true. but you know I, I will say this I, it doesn't need to go away forever it it just needs to you know be put in the hiatus for a little bit i don't want to go too far off on that trail but i guess that was kind of the point of what i was trying to say about a toxic avenger remake is like you're taking something that's known amongst a small group of people that's highly celebrated and you're going to commercialize it. And I get it. It's going to be popular. It's going to be great and it's going to make some money and people are going to love it. But then it just, it becomes a household thing and it loses its authenticity to me. It loses its uniqueness, its specialness to me. It's, that's it's what not I mean. going to be household friendly. Put it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And if it I, is, yeah, then they really shot one in the bell. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, okay. I, I I get your argument there, but at the same time, I I I guess for me, I believe Toxie needed this. He needed a big release, a bigger budget. For what? Um, for what? Uh, for what purpose? Well, for one thing, he's not really doing much right now, right? No, I mean, I would I would like to see an iconic hero like Toxie proceed further in the future. And, uh, you know, this is this is different. This isn't like we're remaking The Wolfman. We're remaking Dracula. And I will not consider The Last Voyage of Demeter to be a remake of any sorts, by the way. Anyone who's, uh, you know. I don't, but I still, th I don't. And it looked to me, it looks good as a standalone movie. Oh yeah, itself. I don't know. I, I think great. it's a brilliant way to uh, bring back the character. Uh, it, that's one thing we don't know about his actual voyage to uh, to England. So I, I thought that was a pretty interesting take. But you know, trailing trailing too far. I just wanted to say, like, I don't know. For me, it, 
uh, Toxic Avenger never had a big break anyway, so I don't even consider this to be like a huge reboot. It's not like you remade Black Christmas three times. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then dwindled it down to a PG-13. God <laughs> damn you guys. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want to wait until you're sitting down, and then I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay. I had to make sure the back door is closed. Okay. Oh, I didn't know you left your back door open like that, you yep. nasty boy. To all you guys listening out there, my back door is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to turn this into an X-rated show. <laughs> I thought it was already. Shit. <laughs> What I do want to do is just kind of describe this movie, maybe like a quick synopsis. And then I want to talk about something that you and I talked about earlier this week, which is like, I referred to this movie as a palate cleanser. And this movie had the opposite effect of what I was trying to articulate. So I think, I think it would be good for us to like talk about what this movie was and then go on that in regards to that other route. Okay. Okay. So, so like you said, just a, a synopsis, synopsis, and you know, maybe things that we can pick apart. But yeah, yeah focus. Okay. Focus on the general surrounding. Yeah, hundred percent. Because honestly, those of you listening, this is one of those movies you don't need a step by step. There's really not much to it. This movie was an hour and 48 minutes. It felt 30 minutes too long, which would have made it an hour and 18. And even then, I probably would have been okay with that, even though that's abnormal. The movie is about this guy. Uh, what's his name here? Bruno. Um, so this all takes Bruno! place. Bruno! <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He uh, So this all takes place in Italy. Um, he's renting a villa. Um, he is a uh, musician, and he's doing music slash score for a horror movie. Uh, the director's name is Sandra or Chandra, depending on uh, which part of the movie you're in. And the idea is that he's going to spend the time in this villa working on scoring the movie. Um, but then, like, people start dying around him. Um there's um his director sandra there's his girl uh julia there's julia the julia <laughs> there's the Sorry. next door neighbor katia um her friend angela and i think that's it angela was hot mm, katia was better I mean, all all in all, I thought Julia was a very beautiful woman, but I don't know. To me, I I, I just I was taken to Angela. So, rip. <laughs> so, here's what happens, right? Um, he gets settled in. He's renting the house from this guy named Tony. Tony's like the owner of the house. Apparently, he just leases the house out to clients uh, on a short term basis. Kind of reminds me of like what they do in Hollywood here, right? When like they want to put somebody up in a house, like a movie star or a musician or an athlete, like they'll rent them a place for X amount of time. And, you know, they don't really own it or whatever. And the director, Sandra is telling him in the beginning, like, you know, 
kind of like you got to put yourself in the headspace of the murderer and like you want people to be drawn into the movie and you know you want them invested you want to make them feel like they're there without actually being there which i can relate to because that's how i like to watch movies and then you know, things start getting weird he hears some screams he goes over and this place is a fucking baller ass house like it almost looked like a resort this thing was fucking huge so it goes yeah, over. It felt very resort-like. Yeah, he finds this not girl. only that, and it had its its own on on you know all all time uh, worker pool guy whatever. Uh, Giovanni, yeah, the groundskeeper. Yeah. yeah. So this girl Katya is hiding in a closet. I don't know why she was hiding in the closet. She claims to be the neighbor. Um, she ends up being our first murder victim. Then we have um, Angela who comes over looking for Katya and Bruno's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to her. She was here and then she left and like, she didn't even say bye. Like she just disappeared. Um, and then um, there's some talks about this girl, Linda, that like rented the house before Bruno was there. I'm just going to cut to the end. All the girls that show up to this house end up dying. And then um, it turns out this lady, Linda, is the one that's killing off all these girls. And we find out in the end that Linda is Tony, the landlord, the guy who owns the house. And, you know, the movie that they were working on was made about him. I guess the director knew Linda um, and her story, um, I guess by extension, knowing Tony. And I guess he was upset that she had made this movie. So she was killing all the girls that were coming over to the house. And um, yeah, the, uh, she kills the director. She kills the girlfriend. She kills the two girls, the neighbor, her friend. And then um, this weird sentiment at the end where like Tony's like, or uh, Bruno's like, oh, I, I know why now. Like she was repressing, you know, Tony was repressing this, this alter ego. And he couldn't live with the fact that he, you know, was mad that, you know, these girls could be girls. And so he was taking his anger out on them. Like it got all like serious at the end, but like, honestly, it's an hour and 48 minutes of just like three cool kill scenes. And that's about it. The rest of it just fucking dragged ass for me. And I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like it. I really didn't. Yeah. So, so much, ugh. like so much to unpack there, but at the same time, not much to talk about. <laughs> so it's uh it, it's just a movie of its time um yeah and the actors weren't bad uh you know and this is a b-rated film so it doesn't matter anyway right but um yeah the kill scenes know, were man. dope especially when they kill Ooh, who's the one that died in the bathroom angela that was angela yeah she yeah. actually had the most iconic death i would say in in the, the movie the first one that was kind of a doozy I mean, come on. She was behind a chain link fence and it's oh like she God. was leaning She didn't even in. move. <laughs> I was like, why are you not moving? At least like push the fence. Like a and she got killed cutter, by a box an cutter. An extending box cutter. And like the little one. one of the yeah. holes, and it's like she's leaning towards it. Like, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you try to back away a little bit? Like, yeah. I mean, come on. But whatever. It's a horror film. Uh, I did. I, I did want to mention uh, that. The, the the girl freaking out at the beginning uh the, the, you know in the closet that there there was a spider and he called it a cockroach 
She says, hey, there's a spider in here. And he's like, that's not a spider. That's a cockroach. And I wrote in my and notes. We very clearly see it. <laughs> spider. Maybe cockroach means spider in Italian and spider means cockroach. I don't know. But I will say Angela's death was dope. She went swimming and then she went into the bathroom with, in the house. Yeah, Hold on. She this went to sleep with the fishes. Sorry. <laughs> she went upstairs. She went to the house upstairs into the bathroom and starts washing her hair in the sink. And I'm like, there's a bathtub right behind you. Why don't you just take a shower? You know what I mean? Like if you're just going to want, I don't know, maybe that's just how you do it in, um, in Italy or whatever, but she gets crept up on, she gets a knife in her hand that goes into the counter, which is cool because like, as she, so, so that happens. And then, she gets a plastic bag over her face and then like the killer starts like bashing her head into the sink so it fills with blood and then she's like as that's happening her hand is slipping out from the knife so her hand gets opened up and then she falls that over into the scene. bathtub like and then the killer cuts her throat and like just blood all over the bathtub and um, the, <laughs> the funniest thing to me afterwards was the killer was like crying and then trying to clean up all the blood with tissues. <laughs> with tissues? <laughs> like a box of tissues. And it looked like a scene from like Saw or Dexter in there. <laughs> uh, credit to the killer, by the way. I mean, not the most iconic character, but that maniacal laughter and weird sounds that came out of her slash him. Yeah. Uh, just... <laughs> What the fuck is going on? There? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's why I picked this movie. Because <clears throat> you picked another one, which I'm not going to talk about because we are going to do it. Um, but it was in the wheelhouse of like Day of the Reaper or things. And we just watched Day of the Reaper. And then to move on to that new one, I was like, mm, I kind of need like a middle ground because... I think about some of the movies that we watch and yes, I don't disagree with you. The, the level of these movies is well within the parameters of our show, but also like if you look at last shift, if you look at um, surveillance, um, you know, there's some really good, more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? like serious toned type movies, better production value, things like that, better acting, scripting, all that stuff. So like, I was like, okay, I can't do day of the Reaper. And then this other one, cause it just kind of feels like two in a row like that. So like, so the let cheese me, factor. let me quote unquote plant, you know, cleanse my palate here with something that might have a more serious overtone. And this one kind of looked to be that way. And then it just fell flat on its face. And I thought to myself, I probably would have enjoyed watching the other one more than I would have enjoyed watching this one. But when I text you that phrase, I need a palate cleanser. We, you had some opinions about that. Yeah. Um, uh, it, or when you're, when you're, uh, when you're well, like what we're doing here, when when you're embracing the the, uh, the uh, subculture of like uh, berated horror films and stuff like that, uh, 
to me, you don't really know what to expect most of the time. And um, I, I just, I don't think there's an official, like, well, I mean, the way we, we, uh, we go about these movies is different. You and I, um, uh, you, you do a lot of heavy research. It's good on your part because, uh, it's uh you you bring to the table a lot of the uh background that we we didn't know about it that's and, being generous <laughs> no i mean and uh this is kind of where you and i kind of balance out and stuff because um because we got one side of the table and then we got the other side which is just fucking i don't know get drunk and see just jump right some in like a likable just jump in you know <laughs> right um but we're 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 doing uh, in all fairness even with this movie we're doing it justice right you know, we're we're bringing to light something that most people probably would never even you know that's the part that at. i need to that's the part that i need to balance out a little bit because i think what happens is, is i get too fixated on like what is the audience going to like right because we can watch these movies all day long but it's people at home that have to digest our opinions you know our liking of it is it worth bringing to somebody else's attention but then i remember that we started this for us and if we had right. people listening following then cool and if not then cool too um but i think that changes a little bit over time as we start to amass a following and we've grown the um instagram following by more than double since we've started um which is good or more than triple as you, you who are who are like tuning in thank you by yeah way. i would say more than i would say more than triple um i've we've gotten the uh subscriber count for the podcast up by ooh more than double from where it was almost a year like 6 months ago so it's slow and steady, but it's steady. So I don't know. Does it have to change over time? Do we stick? And I think about, um, we talked a little bit about this with like Tarantino, right? Where I was, I think I was saying like, you know, he starts off really good, just kind of doing his own thing. But then like he gets known for being this, you know, doing this one particular thing. And then he kind of like accelerates that and then, uh, he tries to replicate that, and then it just becomes kind of like um, uh, what's the term I want to use um, when when you imitate something. I don't know. I've been drinking for a while, so I'm kind of going off the, the side. I think here. I know what you're talking about, I, but I don't know the word for it. Well, I mean, uh, when you think about it, like like when like you think about guys like Quentin Tarantino and stuff. It, it's in a funny way it's closed a parody off, uh, you become a parody to... of yourself sorry didn't mean oh, to get you okay. off but it was on my mind okay no no that's a good way of saying it yeah yeah um uh things like uh tarantino well tarantino is a, is a totally different um a different world of its own and the reason why i say that is because everything that he kind of clutches into kind of seems to fall into the same universe and that's that is definitely why i do like quentin tarantino's films is that it, it doesn't compare to every movie is its own world you create everything the time passing you create the elements 
Um, and for Tarantino, it's like all of his films fit right in that very same universe. So yeah. uh, he, he did uh, things in a different way like that, which I definitely appreciate. I guess what I'm saying is, do we continue to just watch what we watch without caring about who's listening and what they think of it? Because that stays true to the original um, kind of foundation of the show, which is we're just going to watch what we want to watch. And if people want to listen, that's cool too. And if not, who cares? But then, you know, we're a year in on season two and we're growing a following and, you know, we find, you know, some of the feedback that we get, some, some of the feedback that I've gotten on the show mostly relates to some of the bigger ones. That's why I threw out last shift and um, surveillance because, you know, those are the ones that we got some feedback on. Also got some feedback on um, intruder, um, all hollows Eve. But like, again, these are not your slugs and your day of the reaper things. Um, So I think that's where I come from. Whereas like, okay, we just came off Reaper and then, you know, you propose this other one and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'm thinking about the fans. Maybe we go, you know, balance it with a more serious tone one, but then it's a flop unto itself. So I don't know. It's it's hard for me uh, because I think one way or the other, it doesn't really matter because we watched Reaper expecting it to fall on its face and it was actually pretty good for a movie that was you know a thousand dollars and shot with teenagers versus this who's you know it's got a budget script production a name on the director's chair and in my opinion a bit of a flop flops i never heard of these <laughs> we, we don't cover those on, on this this podcast whatsoever i know i'm 100 percent on board with what you're saying and you know and you're absolutely right um the uh there's there's different levels um to you know like to to see these uh to view these films on i think uh the way we're going about it is perfectly fine uh, I, I think we bring something new to the table here and there. Um, and I, I I think what we're doing is for the fans, no matter what, really. Uh, yeah. I, I you think... know, there's somebody, there's a market someplace for everything that we do out here. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It's so funny, you know, with the, especially with the, the Instagram, you know, you, there's so much like, it's like 90% horror like all of the content on there is like 90 percent, but it's like different kinds of horror right uh well i mean (laughs) it's also the people that i follow that we follow and the people that follow us you know what i mean so um it's a combination of all those things but like you have your your creature features you have your you know uh religious stuff you have your um goth stuff like there are absolutely different subgenres of horror um but i think it which was what makes it awesome um but i think for the purposes of what we do i think what helps kind of balance that whole thing of like you know what we're watching and what we're doing is just sticking true to like 
a back and a good a healthy back and forth right you pick one i pick one you pick one i pick one because that is in my opinion the definition there and i think that's where we'll kind of see it come to fruition that that you know some serious some super eight thousand dollar non-serious ones. yeah i mean <laughs> the, the you know the, the, it's all over the place right there, there's there's different uh, different ways to appreciate these films and by definition every person who watches it sees it their own way and um yeah we we kind of you're right uh we cover uh we cover both uh strengths um you know like uh, the ones that are winners and the ones that are losers and stuff it doesn't matter either way um somebody's paying attention to this podcast hey, look at things the things okay part of the reason i brought brought things into this was because uh things is actually deeply appreciated by a lot of people do i know why i have no idea <laughs> uh somehow though it's it's got a huge cult following but we all know it's not a great movie yeah so i i i, I guess you know where it comes to stand is is you you never really know um what it is that that you know uh, takes to people when they're watching these films and uh, some people are just in it for for the cheese other people are in it for the um i i don't know there's a word i'm looking for i just can't fucking figure it out and i'm fucking getting drunk, no so. i i get it no 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 i get it there's a there's another podcast that i i've listened to here and there um i won't say its name because i don't want it to sound like i'm shitting on them but they it's a horror podcast they do what we do right or we do what they do how whatever however you want to split it and they take a very serious approach to it right whereas we just like to drink and talk shit about cool kill scenes you know what i mean like the gore the blood the guts yes. the 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 cheese if you will without us like focusing on it. So yeah, everybody's going to do it different. Everybody's going to make it different. Um, you know, not all of them are going to be winners and not all of them are going to be losers, but you know, you got to get through some to, you know, you got to get through the bad to get to the good. And maybe that's what tonight was with this movie, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, because we, we, we as movie aficionados, um can learn to appreciate whatever kind of comes our way and it doesn't have to be a major hit but it can be and you know like it it, it kind of fluctuates like that and stuff um because look if, if we ever if we just hit the big names and stuff like that we're not doing we're not doing the genre any justice there are whatsoever. a lot of podcasts that do that and like Correct. it's it's funny because i go through we meet different podcasts, you know, through different outlets. Instagram is the biggest outlet. And, you know, you just had that round table with dads from the crypt and you met that guy, Levi with the well-adjusted, uh, horror, whatever it's called. All of them. Very awesome guys. That was, that was a very fun, uh, sit down. So we started following them on Instagram and, you know, going through their catalog of movies that they reviewed. Uh, I don't think there's any like, cross there but there's a they have a good balance of like 
well-known stuff versus unknown stuff, mostly known stuff. But then like I, I go through other podcasts and I see most of them have repeat titles because they're all doing name brand stuff. Man, when I'll give you the example, like talk to me. Almost every podcast that at least the ones that I'm following on Instagram and, you know, on Spotify and Apple, I, and you know, Apple podcast, everybody pushed out a talk to me episode. It's like, what, what makes yours different? You know? Well, they're, they're appealing to the mass. Um, and that's, that's what it is. It, these are movies of their time now and they're appealing to that. Um, there's, there's also, by the way, 100%, there's nothing wrong with covering a brand new film. I'm not saying that uh, there is no, no, not no, at no, all. I, not I, at all. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're wrong that, that you, that you say that I'm just saying, um, I, I understand the dynamic, but this is why we do what we do, right? right. We kind of right. cover mostly the shit that people, may have forgotten about or may have made never known exist. I mean, how many times have you and I talked to people who have listened to the show and they were like, fuck, I didn't know that movie existed. Now I want to go back and watch it. You know um, what I get a lot of times too, is um, people who point stuff out like um, <sighs> aerobicide or killer workout, whatever you want to call it. Dude, I had just re-listened to that podcast the other day, man. I fucking, dude, I love Jake, dude. Like, Jake, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that guy was, dude, fun. I know, fun man. I, I hit him up so we can do uh, pieces, and he hasn't gotten back to me. Uh, anyways, um, but people would be like, oh, my, dude, I didn't know anybody else knew that movie. Or, like, I can't believe somebody's talking about that movie, you know? It's like that's cool that's a good feeling you know i like that yeah, absolutely but we gotta stop I, me more so because i know you don't do this at all i gotta stop uh, judging books by their cover dude I, I knew you were gonna say those exact words it's so weird i gotta stop judging movies by their posters or by their trailers I think a lot of us do that though. Like, I mean, I've, dude, I've actually done that a couple times with this show. Like, you know, the times where you're like, what made you think of putting this movie on this show? And it was exactly that. Yeah. I see something trashy on the cover art and I'm like, oh, boom. <laughs> yeah. Good. See, and most of those times you've been spot on. Whereas with me, I watch the trailers and like, you know, it's that whole thing of like, they just show you the good parts. You know, so I see the trailer for Blade in the Dark and they're showing the kill scenes and, you know, the way they hype it up. I'm like, hey, this looks really fucking great. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, man. This is why I tell you sometimes, like, maybe it's just better to kind of go in and just take a dive and see. Uh, you know, I don't live my life like that, see. man. You, there's nothing no, about but... me or my life that that is just like jump in, you know, eyes shut. You know, I always have to look at Something for all you ladies I always out there, know I want to tell you that I'm getting into. <laughs> for all you ladies out there, my boy Paul here, he is very organized and he has to be spot on. Why are you telling the, the ladies? <laughs> oh no, I want the ladies to know that there are men out here like this. Mm, that gotcha. You know, 
they they have they have their shit together you know we're not a we're not a bunch uh, we're not all a bunch of chaotic disasters yeah i gotcha this is this guy right here is a living example so yeah there there is a level of like spontaneity that i do enjoy um but like i'm not the type to just like get on a plane and like well wherever it's taking me you know say la vie no, I gotta know where we're going and, first. And you see, like I'm this, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Like fuck it. Perfect example that there was that random time that me and Randy, uh, Japanese Randy, Randy <laughs> yeah, we we went over to visit Alan in 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 uh, his hometown, and we we did it on a whim, right? It was just like, hey, let's go drive, fucking six hours away and shit, and like see 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 what happens mm-hmm. and you know it worked out perfectly and shit so yeah yeah right. uh sometimes there's an order in things that we just uh we can never organize you know. chaos right yeah organize chaos that's exactly yeah. what i call it yeah, yeah i got gotcha. you all right dude good all chat right. yeah for sure dude we're going to save me. your pick that I apologetically pushed aside for this week no, um, for a couple don't, weeks. Don't be apologetic. You know, I'm, we have I'm, a plan I'm, for I'm still it. glad we watched this movie. I'm, I'm still glad we got to cover it. Uh, it, it, it gets, it gets as, as some credibility, you know, here. Um, there's somebody that they know has now watched this movie. Which I'm sure we might be the only ones. I don't know. <laughs> True, true that. Um, but we're gonna do yours in a couple of weeks. I think we had already talked about what that plan looks like. Um, so we gotta figure out something for next week. So I will let you take the reins. You pick the next one, and we'll just keep going in that order back and forth, and we'll get some good stuff in there. I know it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, upcoming stuff. Uh, Pearl and I are going to go to the Days of the Dead convention next week. Um, that's where I plan on seeing Michael Bean and getting my uh, Metal Gear Solid signed. That that's, should be awesome. Dude, I, I still, dude, ecstatic about that. Yeah, shit, me too. Like that, yeah. that is the best way to, dude, he's, look, um, if there's anything like, oh, for, for those fans out there, you go and you meet one of your fucking movie heroes and shit, whether it be fucking Kane Hodder, Tom Savini, um, you know, like uh, you present them with a, a signing that they will remember. Uh, so, for example, uh, uh, what's her name from uh, Sleigh Bells? I Christina had her Klee? sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the other one. Uh, or am I getting this? No, no, I'm so sorry. No, I got this wrong. Um, the one from uh, Terrifier, the original, the one that got split in half. Um, oh shit, because I remember I asked her how you say her name. Yes, that one. Uh, <laughs> shit. I presented her with a photo that I already had Art the Clown sign of her being split in half. And I had her sign her name. She signed it in between the split. Catherine I wanted Corcoran. her to split her name from one side to the other, but that's fine. She still did a great job 
bringing it together with her name. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine so. Corcoran. Car- Cochran. Yeah, Corcoran. Cor- Corcoran? Cochran? No, I don't remember how it said. <laughs> um, um, so I yeah. always thought, I always thought like uh, to have Art the Clown sign a VHS cover because I'm thinking of like, you know, uh, All Hallows Eve and right, stuff about right, the VHS right. tape. But yeah. I couldn't fucking find one of those old, those were like the old VHS rental covers and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that you just don't see anymore. So, um, uh, Pearl and I are going to be at Days of the Dead um, for the convention during the day. And then they have their Days of the Dead film festival that same night. Sean Heights is going to be there. Um, they'll be doing a, a showing of Cannibal Comedian, which is fucking awesome. I saw it at the red carpet. So, come out to that as well. They're also going to be premiering their short, Thumper's Revenge. So the lead actor in that, Johnny Hoops, is going to be there as well. A lot of the cast from that movie, um, a lot of the crew is going to be there. So they're, they are a good time. That's going to be awesome. And then um, still not sure about Son of Monster Palooza because I do want to meet the Raimi brothers, but um, there's already people starting to cancel that show as well. So um, kind of typical with what happened with uh, Monster Palooza in June with everybody canceling. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, with those uh, conventions, sometimes it's a hit or a miss and yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, you know who I was thinking about recently a lot, uh, actor wise, and R.I.P. is another one that we we lost. Uh, Clue Gallagher. Um, you know, he he yeah. was uh, Bert from uh, Return of the Bert Living Dead. Frank, we have a little problem. <laughs> Whose best friend was Ernie? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Strangely enough, yeah. Um, uh, I just revisited that movie Feast because he's the bartender in there, and uh, you know, good guy, man. So celebrated. I, I really would have liked to have met him. We got we we did have the uh, the um luxury of of meeting uh, Tom Matthews, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. probably one of the most famed characters of Return of the Living Dead. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, yeah. it, it was cool to meet him, but I, I would have really loved to have met Clue Gallagher. Yeah. And, and Dan O'Bannon, the guy who made it, you know. True, uh, yeah. Because I know he, he actually, you know, he was he, he had, had his spot in film way before that and stuff. And he actually, I think it, Alien was one of his first productions, if mm. I'm not mistaken. So, you know, there you go. That. All right, man. Good talk. Yeah, absolutely. I'll hit you up later. We'll talk soon. We'll do it again. Find the show uh, Instagram at Mutant City Horror, threads at Mutant City Horror, email the show mutantcityhorror at gmail.com. And I tell you, go find this wherever you listen to podcasts, but you're already listening to it. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. I also wanted to plug a couple, a couple oh, more go things for real fast. Uh, for one, uh, we, I, I, we just had a sit-in with the uh, Dads from the Crypt um, uh, recently. It was in, in dedication to... Uh, God damn, they're going to fucking hate me for this. I forgot his name. Uh, to the, the guy who directed um, uh, The Exorcist, uh, who had just you know, passed on. And um, it was fun sitting in with those guys. So you, you can actually uh, listen to us on a couple episodes of uh, Dads from the Crypt. Good podcast, by the way. Um, and yeah, cool. Uh, oh, and and no, uh, and thank thank you to all those who are listening and stuff like that. You know, uh, we do appreciate uh, everything, uh, your time, 
uh, in general. And remember, it's not it's not hard to listen to a podcast. Fuck, I do it. I do it every day at my work. <laughs> I mean, it's what gets me by through that eight hour shift and stuff. So, you know, kudos to you guys for spending that time and allowing us to entertain. So there you go. All right, dude. Catch you on the next one. Yeah. Later, sir. All right, man.